Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I am Caleb. And I am Fanny Pack. <laughs> uh, Fanny Pack is a very good drag name. A lot of, lot of very good drag names in our main review, but uh, before we get to that, how are you? Oh, I'm just fan-fucking-tastic. Fanny Pack-stick? No, never mind. Yeah, you should you should end your life after that one. <laughs> uh, I I've reached so far for that. In the end, it didn't even matter. Yeah, I was just reaching, and I I kept reaching, and it I eventually reached back around like I was reaching in a circle. It was like a halo reach. Oh, uh, you mean uh, Rogue One, uh, a Star Wars Halo reach? Reach One, a Halo story. How are you? Oh, well, I'm just I'm just fine. Uh, my internet cut out, so uh, the rage is slowly building as my internet uh, is worse than it ever was at any point when I was at my old house. So, new life ain't all it's cracked up to be, eh? It'd be fine if I could run a 50-foot cable to the thing and just plug in. But I can't do that. Not with so, that attitude. Well, to run a 50-foot cable would require me uh, to, one, get a 50-foot cable, and two, to put it in a way that would not murder my girlfriend in the night if she decided to wander. Just tape it up. I'm not doing that. Fuck that. Get out of here. Get a 75-foot cable, run it along the baseboard, up the corner of the wall... And then, like, across the ceiling. See, I need this Ethernet cable to run across <laughs> the room. Yeah. Uh, see, the reason you're getting poor Wi-Fi reception is due to drainage. <laughs> That's probably true, actually. <laughs> I drink your milkshake. Uh, speaking of, it's time for What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! I am still still going after this rum. I decided, because, like, I have a lot of random liquor and stuff that I just, at this point, kind of want rid of. Sure. I've been there. So I decided to just attack all of the rum in the house, and then I'm going to move on to the next thing and drink all of that and then uh, eventually I'll have nothing and then I can restock my bar with the things that I want to have so I'm having Captain Morgan and Orange Fanta again there you go 
At least it's Captain Morgan this time and not uh, Admiral Nelson? No, Kraken. It was Kraken last week. Yeah, I actually like the Kraken better. Oh, yeah. My, my Oh, I was going to make a joke about Pirates of the Caribbean, but now I feel like it's been too long and no one remembers those movies. Yeah. Why does fucking Disney think they can keep making movies based on their rides? I saw the trailer for Jungle Cruise and it made me want to shoot myself. Fuck you, it's ear. I don't know, there's only one movie out right now in the theaters I want to watch. It's 1917 and uh, I haven't yet because I feel bad if I leave Ashley here by herself. I don't know. I don't know why I feel this way. I mean, she was without you this whole fucking time before you moved there. It's fine. You're you're not wrong, but I would go out and to the movies and I'd be like, oh, okay. Uh, th- this is fine. And then, like, I don't know, like, when I got here, there was one day where I went to the movie theaters and I watched two movies, but she was at work during that time. So, like, now, I don't know, I, I guess I just feel bad and I don't want to leave, like, the dog here alone. Cause I feel bad for the dog. I don't know. She's gonna hear this and be like, stop being fucking stupid. So If she cared what you were doing, she would have come with you. Uh, that's true. Although the dog is hurt. Uh, the dog, uh, we think pulled a muscle and is only using three legs to move. She's very funny to watch hop along. It's an old dog. It's a ten-year-old dog. But she's such a good girl. That's good. Oh, hey, uh, I forgot to tell you what I'm drinking. So, I had uh, my first house guest come over this week. It was uh, Gerald from Two Peas on a Podcast, and we recorded a podcast together. About uh, the best of 2019 in, in movies. So we talked about that, and he brought me over a housewarming gift of uh, Tanqueray Rangpur, which is uh, basically Tanqueray with lime. So nice. I don't even have to add my own lime to my own gin and tonic. Yeah, he uh, messaged me all nervous, like, oh, what kind of liquor does Dan like? And I was like, oh, he's a big gin guy. And he's like, oh, are you sure? Like, what what kind? And I was like... Gerald's fine. Just get me. I I drank Gilby's gin for months on end. I, anything's fine. Yeah. Also, I drink gin. Anything's that's fine. That's that's cool. He's he's a good guy. Now I need to move to North Carolina so I can get some free bourbon. <laughs> well, he brought he brought a uh, K cups over for Ashley for her coffee. So we got a, we both got housewarming gifts. It was nice. But yeah, uh, I already had like avi- the aviation gin open from Ryan Reynolds, drinking that. And now I'm, you know, <laughs> just to be nice to Gerald, I'm drinking the Rangpour. And quite honestly, I like it a lot. Really like it. And if it nice. prevents me I don't me think from, I've had that before. If it, prevent, if it prevents me from uh, ever getting another lime and having it go moldy because I didn't use it fast enough, uh, that'd be yeah. great. Uh, fucking, dude, citrus fruit is horrifying when it starts to decompose. It was like... Uh, it was like pure white. Like I, I had a, yeah. a quarter left. Like I, 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 you know, you have your limes and then you quarter them. And then I had one quarter left and I was like, ah, I can use this. And it's like, oh no, this is just like a white stone now. Uh, I can't use this at all. <laughs> you fucking play high ally with it. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, since Liquorgate 2020 is coming to a close, then, uh, why don't we hop over into some news? Oh, shit, it's mail time. Dan, I said hop. I know, it makes me feel good. Uh, let's go a little out of order. I, 
based off of what's on the sheet. I want to talk about this most of all because it's the most important thing, and it's not really because. But like, this is the only time we're going to talk about this, and then we're going to move on. Are you familiar with Goop, the Gwyneth Paltrow thing, the 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 modern day snake oil business? I mean, most yes. In short, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we talked about it months ago, months and months ago. But uh, the, she she's getting a show on Netflix about it, and it's finally cool. coming out. It's uh, coming out on the twenty fourth. Uh, needless to say, I am ignoring it after this this quick little PSA that this is happening. Uh, I am ashamed of Netflix for even putting this on their platform. Uh, I almost feel like they spent no money on this and Gwyneth Paltrow had to pay them money in order to basically set up what is, in essence, an ad on their platform for her yeah. garbage can products. Be like if they fucking gave Rob Schneider a show about why you shouldn't vaccinate your kids. Is he a big proponent of that? I was yes. Asso- I always associated Jenny McCarthy with that. Uh, yeah, because she's the biggest idiot. But well, that that is true. But she is um, also very attractive. Rob Schneider is also a, a big idiot. Well, Rob Schneider is less attractive than Jenny yeah. McCarthy, so we can give him shit. So yeah, uh, be aware that we are not covering that show. Uh, in fact, if if anything, like if I could pick one thing to lead <laughs> off of Netflix, it would be that. It'd be like if they fucking gave Alex Jones a new show. Oh no! Where he like dissects gay frogs and shit, and yells about it, and then tries to make you buy his protein mix that's made of ground up chickens. You and then and then he and then he sells this uh, this tanning solution that it, it, that really is just like they they adjusted the contrast on a, on a, on a picture of him. It it makes you look the same but more red. <laughs> what a fucking weird guy alright uh, this happened last week but uh, I feel like this is necessary to talk about so uh, on their twitter account the, the Netflix film account Netflix posted the synopsis to roughly 20-ish movies uh, through tweets uh, there was no key art no trailers no no like behind the scenes footage or images in in any way uh, in reality, there is nothing to talk about because uh, with with movies, uh, it doesn't matter what the plot and synopsis is. It could still be 100% garbage if you don't see anything. So, uh, fuck you, Netflix. I don't understand what you're fucking doing by just posting movie synopsises. Synopses. Synopsi? Synopses. There we go. Synopses. So, you're st- it's 2020 and you're still fucking run by idiots. I, I just don't understand. Uh, who knows? All right. Uh, lastly, this is kind of, I don't know, this is mostly, like, an opinion piece, I guess, but, like, I'm using this as a vehicle to share my opinion and, like, my two cents on this, but, um, so our, our old friend internet piracy is on the rise again, and, uh, so this was an article from Vice that I found and, and read, uh, with the headline, How the Entertainment Industry Solved Piracy, Then Made It Popular Again. And it's basically about how, like, the the Netflix model more or less solved internet piracy because, like, people don't have a problem with paying for content. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have a problem with overpaying for content. Like, if if a product is fairly priced and useful, like, m- most people would 
prefer to just pay for it than like try to go to some shady website and possibly get a fucking virus or like install a fucking government botnet or something. Yes. But uh so like Netflix basically solved that cuz they just had everything in one convenient place for a uh, monthly charge that just came out automatically and you didn't have to think about it. Jump cut forward to today and there's like 10 million fucking streaming services and everybody's taking their shit off Netflix to put it on their own thing. Yep. Uh, and now piracy is the the good, like the effective option for not wasting your time and money now. So, like, for instance, Friends is a show that, uh, for some reason, is popular. I've I've seen many people online saying that they're going to go and uh, pirate the entire series of Friends. I've seen zero people online saying that they're going to go sign up for NBC's streaming service to watch it. Is it going to NBC? I thought it was going to HBO. I don't know. I thought what? it was NBC because, like, they're making their own fucking thing now. Yeah, I thought The Office was going to that. Like, and I thought Friends was owned by Warner Brothers Television, or like acquired by Warner. I don't, I don't remember. That's don't the problem. It's like there's remember. too many fucking streaming services, so I can't remember where anything is. And that's the other thing is nobody knows where to go to find their content, but they know that every show can be found on the Pirate Bay. I mean, on torrent websites. So good job, uh, Hollywood executives. You ruined it. You, you've you made the world harder to sell your product in again. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it, it's going to rebound back to, you know, we're going to have like four or five streaming services, and that'll be fine. Like, as you know, we have HBO, we have Hulu, we have um, yeah. Prime, Disney+, Plus, Netflix. Disney Plus is only going to be like Disney stuff. It's PG thirteen. Hulu is going to be like that eh, more risky stuff, like yeah. Letter Kenny. Uh, Prime is going to be who the fuck who the fuck knows their strategy is. Like uh, actually, like a bunch of B movies. Like that's that's Prime is like some yeah, like good jazz. stuff, but then like B horror movies, and I'm fine with that because like those are entertaining as fuck. And then Netflix is going to be, like, their own content, plus, like, whoever decides they want to license with Netflix. And HBO is, like, HBO. I don't know. I think it's going to be a huge clusterfuck for a couple years. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. Like, but, yeah, Peacock has to fail. Uh, 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 Who the fuck even else is Because the thing is, like, there were... There were a bunch of streaming services before, but they were all, like, small unknown startups and now all of like the big names in media are getting into it yeah so like now like they're going to fail at the same rate all of the smaller startups did but now they have money to artificially inflate their thing and like try to force it to work indefinitely until like three years from now they finally are like Hey, we lost a billion dollars, so we have to stop. And all of our shareholders hate us. Yeah. And then, like, they'll they'll wind up making all their money back in about three seconds with a deal with like a Netflix or Amazon Prime. Yeah. I guess the thing is, like, yeah, 
you think you you think in your head that you're gonna get enough subscribers to like make money off of like a five hundred million dollar investment into the office, but then like if no one subscribes to your streaming service, uh, no, you're not gonna make that money back in any kind of expediency. Like the office is probably just safer on Netflix being a regular cash cow than you trying to pull everyone into this uh, streaming service that uh, they don't want. I don't know if you have a reliable revenue stream. I don't know why you want to fuck with that. You know what I mean? They want more, Caleb. But I don't know. It's sustainable. Oh, yeah. Uh, Could you a hundred million dollars a year? Every year for one show? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I'll take that free revenue. I don't know. When was the last time the fucking NBC made something good, though? Uh, The Good Place. I guess they did make that. That is a very good show. Superstore. The hell is Superstore? It's like uh, Employee of the Month, but funny. Okay. I don't know. I've never seen it, but I've heard good things about Superstore. Do they have just like plain white cardboard boxes with black block print on it that says 12 gauge pump action shotgun? And also beer. (laughs) Go back and listen to our episode where we break down Employee of the Month and talk about how stupid that fucking movie is and how we're glad Dane Cook is dead. Did Dane Cook die? Nope. Does anybody care? No, his career's dead. That's that's really what matters. (laughs) You're like the Dane Cook of podcast hosts. What the fuck does that even mean? That I'm dead? That I'm dead inside? Yes, you're probably right. <laughs> oh, oh God, that makes me the Dak Shepard of podcast hosts. Dak Shepard from Idiocracy, specifically. <laughs> God, do we still hate him? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, that's the news. Sure is. Let's move over into some trailers and talk about those in downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Uh, the first one is for the new Medea movie, Tyler Perry's A Fall from Grace. Okay, so I know Tyler Perry is trying with this. Okay, I get that. He keeps making, like, very serious movies, and they keep not looking good. Well, the the cameras look like he bought them from a soap opera. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like he he makes these films now that are basically like long form soap operas. It seems like, and like I don't really like I can't really say anything because I'm not like very familiar with his body of work. But I don't know. Like I I used to work at a movie theater, and like during my year of employment at the movie theater. I think that like four separate Medea movies came to the theater cuz he was just cranking them out there for a while. Yeah. And uh so I had to watch the trailers like in a constant loop in the lobby and like they just looked absolutely dreadful. So, I don't know. I like I think that that ruined like my 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 buddy Ryan used to work at Walmart and like they used to have a like a demo tape on the TVs there uh that featured the trailer for the Lego movie so if if like you ever want to really piss him off 
you just walk up and start singing everything is awesome <laughs> uh and it's like the same thing like i just had to fucking see those trailers so many times that it just fucking ruined my life yeah sure but like I think the other thing with this trailer is that it tells you everything that happens in the movie, uh, uh, unless they're going for, like, unreliable narrator, and it doesn't look like they're going in that direction. Yeah. It looks like it's just going to be a straightforward, like, this woman murdered her husband. Here's why. Or somebody did, and she looks like she was the killer. Yeah. And then baby legs had to run down, but run her down. But then regular legs jumped in and saved the day. And and when he ran fast, he went. Yeah. See, it's uh, it's a sound he makes when he runs fast. I, I don't know. Like I want to give Tyler Perry a chance, but like also I saw the movie in the trailer. Like it's a three minute trailer. What? Why? Why? Why is this still a thing that happens in movies? Like I don't know. Our next trailer is for Grace and Frankie season six. Uh, I actually wish Ashley wasn't going to sleep right now because I would just have her talk about that because uh, I've not seen any of the Grace and Frankie. Oh, wow. Um, I would like it if you got caught up on that show. It's it's really good, actually. I don't know. This season kind of looks like more of the same. It's. You know, the funny side of how life sucks as you get older because everything changes and your your body doesn't do the things it's supposed to, but... Everything changes, you say. Did the Fire Nation attack? Yeah. Uh, Jane Fonda's sitting on a toilet and she can't get up because uh, she's old and her hips don't work. So they invent a machine to help old people get off the toilet and then they go pitch it to Shark Tank. Uh, you'll watch it. Binge the whole season, you fucking, uh, simple bastards. Uh, consume this product. Just a heads up for everybody, this is not the final season of Grace and Frankie yet. That is, uh, season seven. Season seven is the final season, so. You have another year. You've been warned. Yeah. I actually, um, I actually like this show a lot. It's pretty good. All right. Uh, our next trailer is for a thing called it's it's Cheer, the show that originated the character of Fraser Crane. No, no, I was gonna say it's bringing it on again, again. <laughs> it's it's not Cheers, although that is on Netflix. Uh, it's just called Cheer, so they can trick you into watching this uh, instead <laughs> of seeing Norm drink beer. You you really think this is gonna trick anybody? Yes. Anybody at all. Uh, There are a lot of idiots. One is about a bunch of high school kids, and the other (laughs) is about an alcoholic at a bar whose only friends are the bar staff. Yeah. There's no way it's tricking anybody. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) I mean, attending high school is one of the leading causes of drinking, so they're kind of similar. Uh, it's about this this high school in the middle of nowhere where people go to because this cheerleading coach is the best. It's Dave Navarro's high school. <laughs> it is Dave Navarro's high school. Wait, where's Navarro? Oh, right there in uh oh god, what band's Red Hot Chili Peppers? No, he was in Red Hot Chili Peppers for a bit. Was he really? Yeah. Huh. I have to fact check you on. That. 
It was only like a year or two, but yeah, he was definitely in Chili Peppers that for a year. That is fucking wild. Huh. That's my third uh, Google autofill result is Dave Navarro, Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's wild to me. Mm, yeah. Because I, I thought I, that... I thought that the Chili Peppers had the same lineup for like their entire oh no existence, pretty much. No, uh, John Frusciani just came back again. Like he did Stadium Arcadium and then left, and then he just came back. And Stadium Arcadium was huh. like 2008. Yeah, that was a while ago. That's the last album that I can remember that was actually like advertised. Yeah, it was a double because like they had yeah, and they had like fucking TV commercials for that. Stadium Arcadium was pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I cannot, huh? I'm having trouble wrapping my head around that because I cannot fucking picture Dave Navarro of all people. Like I said, it was for <laughs> one year. Their sound didn't change at all, and then he left. He fucked off back to his home planet. So I don't really know a lot about Dave Navarro anyway because I fucking hated Jane's Addiction. Oh, that's what he's from? Yeah, I yeah, only know him that, from, like, like... That's what he's most well-known from. I just know him from, like, that tattoo reality show. Oh, yeah. Oh, Let's yeah, stop cheer- talking about Dave Navarro. It's called Navarro High School. That's where we derived this joke from. Yeah, and went on for, like, years. He was in uh, Guns N' Roses. When? Probably just as, like... Uh, I don't know. I'm looking Touring? at associated acts. Like, yeah, he probably... Did a tour with them or, like, filled in as a session musician or something. He worked with uh, Marilyn Manson, Guns N' Roses, Nine Inch Nails, Alanis Morissette. Sure. And Finger Eleven. Man, that that's a very 2005 band, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Dear God, please make me stop talking about Dave Navarro. Uh, okay, so Cheer is already out on Netflix. Uh, people seem to like it, but of course I don't fucking know because it's, it's about cheerleading. So if you want to know about cheerleading, go for it. Uh, our next trailer is for Sex Education Season 2. Looks very British. It is it is very British. I, I love that Gillian Anderson is uh, constantly there to embarrass her son uh, every step of the way. Uh, it's 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 wonderful. So I, I, I can't wait to watch season two and maybe con you into watching this. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I don't know. The uh, look, it looks like a fine show. It just I don't know. The trailer didn't really sell me on committing the time to it. So it's very funny. I will say that. Speaking of not committing to watching it, our next trailer is for Lock and Key, which is a. A show based on a graphic novel series? Yep. About uh, kids who live in a spooky Narnia house. Yep. That's that's pretty much it. There's a bunch of keys. They they find the keys and they open up weird doors. Uh, one of them is like a portal that sucks this kid's spirit out. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, there's like a, a doppelganger. Of the girl and the fucking keyholes in her neck. Uh, Ooh, look out! Uh, I read. I read this at the recommendation of Corey. It is uh, very good. I don't know if I like how it looks. Yeah, it looks very Umbrella Academy e. 
Yeah, Corey and I have been worried about this for a while, I'm going to be honest. We've been very worried about how this is going to play out, and I, I'm i not sure now was the, the correct time for this to come out. So, this uh, might not be the best adaptation from Netflix, but I, I'm hopeful either way. Alright, and our last trailer this week is for the sequel to Thor Ragnarok. Simply titled Ragnarok. They couldn't get Chris Hemsworth back for this one, uh, and it doesn't look like they had the budget. The uh, like the Hulk is just some kid; like they didn't even paint him green or anything. So yeah, I don't know. It looks uh, like they really phoned this one in. I mean, all jokes aside, it it does look very average to below average. Like I don't, I'm not sold on this at all. So is this? What like a uh, Swedish or Finnish or whatever? Like it, it looks like yeah. it's actually in, you know, like the Nordic provinces. So, it, like I believe it's based on the lore, like the the Norse mythology, and like cool. But... Yeah, it looks like uh, like the Norse mythology version of like what Disney did with the Descendants, where it's like these are the the new incarnations of like these gods and they have to fight for the fate of the world or whatever. Yeah. Sure. I've never seen the descendants, but I'll take your word for it. I'm I'm like vaguely aware of it from like seeing products on big box store shelves that say Disney's the descendants and it's like young versions of fucking like Ariel and you know whoever like a young beast. Ooh, it's the Beast's kid. Wait, that's what they're descendants of Disney characters? Yes. And they all, I guess, like go to high school together and ride around in a van and solve mysteries. We should leave this fucking earth behind. <laughs> Somebody ought to write a letter. I don't know if that's what it's about, but I I think it is. I don't know. It lo- it looks like uh this ki- this kid is a frost giant and uh they didn- they didn't kill all the frost giants, so now they got to go kill him. But he's going to be the good guy because he's the last of the frost giants. <laughs> that's that's the show, I think. I don't know. I have no interest in watching it. Uh good luck, everybody. And that frost giant's name, Albert Einstein. <laughs> Who fucked Einstein? It's not how you say that word. All right, so uh, with that, we're going to do some kind of bounding activity into a break. And uh, when we come back from that, we're going to talk about some quick hits and then our feature review topic of AJ and the Queen starring RuPaul Charles, who I I didn't know his his name was actually RuPaul, but okay. Yeah, he uh, had it changed. What a champion of the people. All right, so stick around. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. Well, nerds, geeks, and newcomers alike, we're the Shaken Not Nerd Podcast, where each week we review movies and video games and discuss what's going on in the nerd world. With me, as always, is my co-host, Ian the Huge Footlong Johnson. Hey, babes. The Tom. Hello there. And Ollie, also known as Big Red. Hi. And I'm your host, Doody Dootrum. And this is us. About five minutes beforehand, I was talking to my friends, being like, "They make me say I love Harvey." <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm, do, I'm not doing it. The second they said, "I'm like, I love it, Harvey." Yeah. Fresh it. I'll suck it. 
Pink just released a new album, which apparently is really Thank good. Thank God. Title Purple. Pink Rain. No. <laughs> Two in the. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find us, guys? Why are you looking at me this time? <laughs> well, I do believe you can find us on any relevant social media outlets. Or the podcast app of choice. Mm. Oh, there are a lot of good ones. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Shaking up nerd. Hey, Dan, did you know that RuPaul is his fucking given name? I do now. That is fucking crazy. I had no idea. I, honest to God, thought that it was a stage name and that, like, he fucking legally changed his name to that. But that's not true. Oh, uh, welcome back, everybody. We're, 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 we're having our minds blown today. One, did, Caleb didn't know Dave Navarro was in Red Hot Chili Peppers for a hot minute. And uh, two, we found out RuPaul's his real name. <sighs> Who would have guessed it? I learned so many things. It should just be called We Find Out Things Through Googling the Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix in, or uh, Googling Things to Find Them Out and Swell. Perfect. That's we're copywriting that. You can't take it. No one can have that. Well, before we get into our main review topic, why don't we get into some quick hits? <laughs> so I am going to hop over to you first. Uh, sure. Uh, what did you watch recently? All right. Uh, I wanted to sh- I wanted to shout this out uh, first. Uh, I watched uh, it's Bruno uh, because specifically, I've never seen anyone submit a, a for your consideration campaign on behalf of a- of something else. But uh, Chris Yaney attempted to submit a uh, for your consideration campaign for it's Bruno, and uh, it's, needless to say, it it didn't do anything on my list. Uh, but basically, it's an absurdist comedy about a, a guy who owns a dog and their misadventures. I think it's like an hour, no, two hours total. Uh, it's okay. So this has nothing to do with Sasha Baron Cohen, right? N- no, no, it's no, <laughs> no, no. It's uh by some guy who I've never heard of before, but like he has a. Uh, the the guy who plays Turk in uh, the the Marvel Netflix shows, uh, Darnell Rollins is in this as uh, Crackhead Charlie. Hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the the girl who plays Second Junk Chain in Glow is in this, and <laughs> I, I I don't know it like it's it's just an absurdist comedy about a guy who loves his dog a lot and like doesn't do anything but loves this dog. Like, uh, it's speculated that he, you know, got an inheritance or, like, uh, got a lot of money from, like, a death settlement or something like that. So that's why he doesn't have to work or anything. So he just hangs out with his dog all day and just walks the neighborhood. Huh. Um, so, so yeah. they made a show about my dream life. Yeah, pretty much. So, I, I, I don't know. If, if it sounds interesting to you, it's two hours. I didn't finish it, despite the fact that it's two hours, because Ashley came home and she was just like... All right, let's watch something. I'm like, okay. Here's Parasite, I think. I think that's what we watched instead. But yeah, it's 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 okay, Chris. It's it's not it's not the best, it's not the worst, so Nee. Uh the next thing I watched is Love, Death and Robots. Uh Paul put this on his uh best of the year for TV list, so I was like, Oh, 
That's interesting. I'll watch this. Uh, it's an anthology series. There's a couple good ones. There's a lot of okay ones. And then like there's a couple bad ones. It, so, you know, it's an anthology series. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, most of them, for whatever reason, went with realistic art style. And eventually I got just so tired of seeing realistic art style. It was like video games. You know, where everyone's like, have to have, you know, realistic looking people, sort of. Except they're like, you can tell they're not realistic people. So I started to appreciate the ones that had like a particular style to them over, you know, 100% realistic graphics all the time. But yeah, Love, Death, and Robots was fine. Uh, You know, I watched that for an entire day. So Uh, I watched Rattlesnake. We talked about this on uh, the worst of the year. So Rattlesnake is about a, a, a mom who is driving her daughter from Arizona to Oklahoma for some fucking reason. Never explained why. That's fine. Uh, daughter gets bit by a rattlesnake. They find this woman who just magically appears from the desert, uh, heals her daughter, and then uh, eventually the woman comes to find that she needs to claim one soul before sundown to uh, to save her daughter for, for good. Uh... You and I watched the trailer of this. We assumed that uh, she would kill herself at the end of the day because she couldn't kill anybody. I'm not going to spoil it for the general public, but if you want to hear uh, what happens, you can listen to our Patreon episode for just a whole dollar, Richard Sen. And uh, it's fine. I mean, why does it have to be the mom's problem? The kid's the one that wandered off and got bit by the rattlesnake. Well, because children are stupid. Like, it, it, like there's that whole subreddit. Children are fucking stupid. So, like, yeah. this we would just be need like, to let the kid be in the gorilla cage. Just let the boy die of the snake bite. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. I mean, that's it's terrible to say, but that's natural selection. Like the. The kid who walks off the cliff, their fucking genes shouldn't be in the next cycle. 100% true. Uh, this is an overly long <laughs> Tales from the Crypt episode. Like, that's that's really all it is. And it doesn't earn its runtime at all. Uh, I will say the final scene of the of the, the movie is good. Like, really good. Like, borderline excellent. And, like, kind of makes it worth watching. But also, if like if you gave me this show, or if you gave me this movie, and you told me, Dan, you have to cut 45 minutes out of this, I could do it. Like, I could, I could just trim so much goddamn fat out of this fucking thing. It's, it's fine. Yeah. You are a vicious editor. Oh, I'm aware. I'd be like, oh, it's, this is... It's a joy to behold. Oh, this is gone. Oh, this is gone. Oh, this is gone. Like, it's real easy. It's so easy. Like, Hollywood, hire me. You're welcome. I'll fix all of your things, make them short. You know, you're you're welcome, Quentin Tarantino, uh, Martin Scorsese, uh, whoever directed Blue is the Warmest Color. You're welcome. Blue is the Warmest Color is three hours, everybody. Buckle up. <laughs> uh, and, and the final thing that I watched is American Sun. Uh, this is adapted from a stage play of the same name, uh, the... The guy who wrote the stage play wrote the screenplay for this. Uh, stars Carrie Washington. Uh, she plays a mother whose uh, son, uh, Carrie Washington is a black woman in case no one knows, uh, whose son has uh, gone out and has been missing for the last, like, 
not really said. It says like last night, but I don't know if like last night means like because they're there at at a police station like two in the morning. So I don't know if last night means like he left at that like eight p.m. of the the prior day or what, and he didn't come home until like or he didn't come home at midnight or whatever, or like he's been gone since the real prior day. And he's been gone for like almost forty eight hours or something like that. I don't know. It's not really well explained. Uh, but she's she's freaking out at the police station. Uh, she gets this rookie cop who has no idea how to extract information. Uh, it's set up and blocked very much like a stage play. So if you can't get past that, uh, don't even try with this one because you'll get very annoyed with how this looks and feels. Uh, once again, we have an independent filmmaker who can't afford a tripod. I I I just struggle to Ugh. like I I'm honestly like three three seconds away from setting up tripods for indie filmmakers a uh, a uh, uh, funding a fundraising campaign because like I can't I can't take it like it's it's buy a tripod that's twenty six dollars someone sent me a tripod that was twenty six dollars like if you can't budget in twenty six dollars for a fucking tripod stop trying sorry huh. Uh, I think it's well acted by Carrie, Carrie Washington. I think it's, uh, everyone else is kind of whatever. Uh, there's, there's two instances where people don't declare who they are and it leads to scenarios that build tension for some reason. So like her husband walks in, he's a, a, an FBI agent who is white and, uh, the, the white cop goes to him and he's like, man, this woman went all ghetto on me. She went all crazy. And he's just like, well, where's my son? And then the the rookie cop's like, oh, well, I, I done fucked up here. And then, like, there's a black cop who shows up, but he doesn't announce himself as a cop, as, like, the morning desk cop that they've been waiting for, that we've been building towards this entire time. It's just, like, this this guy just shows up, and, like, he tells he tells the, the, the guy to calm down, and he, like, hits him. And then it's like, I'm a police officer, you're under arrest. And it's like, well, I mean, I guarantee he wouldn't have hit you if you just fucking identified yourself. But okay, we need tension for some fucking reason. Despite the fact that the, the, the whole point of this is there's tension because this kid is missing and we want to know what fucking happened to him. Good job, everybody. Uh, decent look, like a good look at what ha- like what the dangers are of being like a black man being stopped by police because we, we at least know that, that like his car was pulled over by police officers and like we kind of get the other side of like what it's like to be a cop who like doesn't know what's going on at, at, a, at a traffic stop. So uh, that one's a three stars. Like there's a lot of like good parts about it, but then there's a lot of like baffling choices, like uh, no one identifying themselves. And uh, not owning a tripod. There's so many tables and like hard edges on in this room. Why couldn't you just set the camera on there? You fucking clowns! I hate you. That's it. That's all I watched this week. Actually, the last two weeks. All right. Well, uh, I watched a couple things this week as well. Uh, one of them is Dracula, which is a new adaptation of the Bram Stoker story. Uh, which is a co-production with BBC One. Okay. This show is interesting. Uh, The highlight of it for me is the actor that they got to play Dracula. Uh, I'm going to go with Klaus Bang is his name. It's C-L-A-E-S, and his last name is Bang. So I've heard... The, well, this is a three-episode season. 
So like, yeah, God bless uh, the British. So the this show will not continue. Like a lot of British shows, for whatever reason, they do like three episodes and then it's done forever. So I've heard that the first episode is incredible, the second episode is middling, and the third episode is fucking terrible. That you're not wrong, um, per se. They they do, like I said, interesting things with the Dracula story. It's like if you're passingly familiar with Dracula, it's kind of structured the same. It's like the first episode is dealing with Jonathan Harker and kind of what happened with him at Dracula's castle. The second episode is Dracula crossing by boat to go to London. And then the third episode is him in London. There's a twist. I'm not going to give it away right now, but it it goes in a fucking wild direction that you're not going to fucking see coming. Um, so if you give a shit about this show, I'll tell you when I'm going to say about this cuz I'm just I'm just going to fucking talk about the show cuz there's not really any way to talk around it. But I'll tell you when and you can just fast forward like press your skip forward button like two times and it'll be over forever. Like I said, they they take some liberties, but like the main actor is a Bella Lugosi type and I think does a great Dracula. Um, sure. And that's definitely the best part of the show. So the first one is a couple nuns like interrogating Jonathan Harker after he escapes from Dracula's castle. And slowly throughout this, you come to find out like, and he comes to find out that like, he's not alive. Like, uh, Dracula killed him and, like, he rose as one of Dracula's undead fucking minions, but he retained his will somewhat. It's like he's not just a a bloodthirsty monster, which is interesting. Sure. Because, like, he was one of the main heroes in in the book. And he was Keanu Reeves. Oh, in no the way. Coppola version. It's it's Dracula. Oh, no way. I got bit by a vampire. I'm I'm dead. So that's neat, I guess. Then the second episode, like rather than like a traditional Van Helsing, the uh the nun who's interviewing Jonathan Harker, her name is Agatha Van Helsing. So we get uh a different uh, Van Helsing to challenge Dracula, and she's a female this time. So th- in the second episode, they're they're crossing by boat, which is what happens in the novel. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she's like, "Hey, you know, vampires have to sleep in their native soil," and the captain's like, "Oh, what a coincidence! We are carrying fifty crates of Transylvanian soil in the boat," and she's like, "We'll fucking dump them into the ocean." What are you doing? Uh, so they do that, and then it forces a conflict with Dracula on the boat. Um, and then, to make a long story short, the boat sinks. And this is where the shit gets fucking kicked into 12th gear. And this is where you're going to want to skip ahead if you want to watch this show. Because at the end of the second episode, the ship sinks, and then 
uh, Dracula like swims, like crawls up onto the beach, and then a spotlight shines down on him, and the helicopter flies in, and cars pull up, and all these agents point their guns at him because Dracula was under the water for 123 years, and that's the twist. Mo- Dracula's in modern days. Huh. That is legitimately surprised. Well, I I expected modern day. I expected that to be the it's, thing. It's uh Yeah, it's it's a f- it, they do it very well in the show. Like that's a very good moment. Yeah, and I don't know. Like It's it's a little bit of a disappointing adaptation, but like like I said, they do interesting things with it. I think that this merits a watch. And uh I do really like the main guy in it. Um and the performances in it weren't terrible. Sure, yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna give Dracula like a a two and a half. They um mm. they had some good ideas here, but it it really just fell flat and was just okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then the other thing that I watched is called the Boulet Brothers Dragula: The Search for the Next Drag Super Monster. Hey, it's Drag Queen Week here at Netflix and Swill Studios North. It's just like it's just like you had to combine the 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 Dracula and drag queens. You're just and, like, and what a fucking segue that is! I'm so glad that I can bring this energy to the show right now. Um, also, so like. Yes, the third episode of Dracula has a 5.1 rating on IMDb, but like the average rating for Dracula is a 7.8, which is the same as the rating for the Belay Brothers Dracula Search for the World's First Drag Super Monster. Uh, but this show has eight times as many episodes. Well, I think we were watching the second season of this? Or maybe the third? Yeah, second season is the one we were watching. Um, so this is a reality competition show, uh, which you've seen a million times, but the um, interesting bit of it is that it's a a bunch of drag queens uh, competing to be for a cash prize and like a, a spot in this show. So it's, um, I don't know if the, the two drag queens who hosted are and like created the show if they're actually uh like brothers or if that's like their characters but like mm-hmm. they always are in matching outfits and i don't know it's it's neat they they have a a clear aesthetic so it's not just drag it's also like gothic horror so they do like drag like monster shit i don't know it's um it's interesting so, like, the first episode of the season is, like, uh, they have to create their own drag version of a Cenobite from Hellraiser. Hmm. So you get to see, like, all their fucking wild characters based on that. And then, like, the second one they go to, because it's in L.A., so they, like, take them out to this, like, ghost town in the desert thing and they have to do like uh like a wild west like somebody who died in a wild west place so like the one person is uh like a fortune teller who got burned to death and one person's like a 
like got drowned in the well and like all this shit they they do one where it's like uh a throwback to like old sci-fi movies they have to do like um fucking like plan nine from outer space fucking type characters there's one where they do like 80s scream queens so like i don't know they they always do uh a theme thing but like the thing that's fucking bananas about this show is like the people who are in the bottom like running for like the people who are up for elimination they make them do like crazy challenges to try to stay in it uh so like the one was they had to get like a bunch of they had a like a piercer come in and like just stab a bunch of needles through their flesh and shit uh whoever could take the most needles won and then there's one where they did like a fear factor thing where they had to eat a bunch of gross crap and then whenever they get eliminated like they must have film them beforehand but each one has like uh like a horror movie death scene that they play to show you who got eliminated Mm -hmm. so it'll be like a killer sneaking into the house and like killing one of the drag queens in a in an interesting way so uh i don't know it's uh it's an entertaining show it's I don't know, reality TV is just not really my thing, but this is like w- one of the most entertaining reality shows I think probably I've seen. Vanessa kind of throws on a lot of like the garbage, like but <laughs> like a uh, body painting or like makeup themed like competition shows just to have something on in the background that she's like has a passing interest in while she's doing housework or whatever. But this is one that kind of made us both kind of sit down and pay attention to it just because of like I was like, what what the fuck's going to happen next? This is absurd. So um, which is kind of the point of like drag entertainment. It's like just meant to be campy and like keep you guessing, I guess. So mm. uh, it's fun. It's it's a fine show. Um, it's better than Dracula. So, uh, I don't know. I'd be hard-pressed to rate anything reality above a three, so I'm going to say a three. Okay. Uh, So, why don't we move straight into our main review topic? Uh, We've mentioned it 20 times, but if you weren't listening, uh, we watched AJ and the Queen, which is a new adventure comedy drama series from Netflix created by RuPaul Charles. Um, and starring the same. Uh, so I guess I just want to say up front, like, sorry if we get kind of muddled on pronouns because like they, like in the show, they switch back and forth. And like, as I understand it, like, uh, with drag queens, like when they're not in drag, they use he, but like when they're in character, it's she, but like they even when they're not in character, they say girl and she and stuff. Yeah, so like, like Lewis never refers to Robert it, as anything but girl, she, her. Yeah. So, like, ultimately, I don't think it really matters and I don't think they care. But, like, we're not, like, trying to, like, we're not purposely anybody's. Dicks. Yeah, I don't know. Um, And that's what, like, 
Uh, <laughs> it's always fun to watch shows like this because it reminds me of how straight and white I am. <laughs> Sh- sure. So give me a hot take. What did you think overall of AJ and the Queen? All right. So uh, I'm at work on Friday. I'm setting the scene. Work on Friday. I'm like, oh, AJ and the Queen's up. I better go make sure I can add this to my list. So I go in. Click on the show. I'm like, ah, how long is this? Like, how many episodes? How long are the episodes? They are uh, 50-minute episodes, and there's 10 of them. And I'm just like, wait, what? Because, like, I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect there to be uh, 10, 50-minute yeah, episodes. they haven't been episodes. doing very many long seasons lately. No. Uh, and I'm like, okay, sure. So I watched them all today, uh, recording day, because I'm a psychopath, and I didn't start till noon. So that's why it took me forever to even be able to record. But, uh, dear sweet Jesus, was there 15 minutes I could cut out of every single episode? That's probably true. I don't know. Um, like, it didn't really bother me, but, like, the show's not necessarily streamlined. Like, I, I get that. There's multiple instances where they're like, we gotta go, but they stop and they talk about their feelings yeah. as opposed to just getting in the fucking RV and doing it in there. <laughs> and that way you can set the scene for the next episode or like whatever you want to do next. Like you could just stream like you could just like wholesale chop a karate chop out this one part and just have them do it in the fucking car as opposed to being like, hey, we got to leave. But first, I learned something very valuable today. I learned that you should always keep your wigs firm and tight or whatever you got to do with fucking wigs. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, no, just, just leave. Get out of there. I don't know. It also like it, it feels very much like a produced TV show. Like it follows TV show logic. There's very convenient, uh, like pacing of plot beats and like placement of characters. So if, if you're looking for, like a gritty real to life fucking drag queen show it probably doesn't exist but uh so this this feels like you're watching a tv show uh but it feels like you're watching a good tv show like it's basically a sitcom kind of yeah just an out i just can't get over the fact that it's an hour long sitcom and it's 10 episodes i i, I don't whatever yeah, I don't know. I I feel like they decided they were going to have all the episodes be 50 minutes, and then they just filled it with stuff. It was like, this is what needs to happen beat by beat in each episode, and then when there's not more stuff to put in it, we'll just create more stuff to put in it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, Again, like I'm not saying that's that that's bad, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I I can understand that as a criticism. There's I, I don't know, it just feels like overstuffed. Like there's just certain aspects of the show where it's just like all right, we get like I get the point of the scene and you're just letting it drag on for forever. And like there's also I don't get too spoiler. There's an episode in the hospital where uh the way Everything in that hospital transpires is just like the most TV bullshit I've ever seen. Because it's just like, yeah, nope, literally none of this happens. So, like, like you said, it's it's a TV show. You have to accept it as such. 
Yeah, suspension of disbelief is uh, a big thing here. But, like, I don't know. I didn't really have a, an issue with that because, like, I was having so much fun just going on this journey that, like, I didn't really care mm. too much how much things made sense. Because, like I said, people just kind of show up where they need to when they need yeah. to. And, like, in the last episode, one character shows up, like, in a place that it doesn't make sense for them to show up where they are when they show up. Yes. And they're just like, hey, how did you get here? And they're just like, frequent flyer miles. It's like, okay. Okay, I'm watching a TV show. It's fun. Yeah. I was just like, wait a minute. <laughs> I see I, I see this taxi roll up and the person gets out. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? How did you get here? Yeah. I really did enjoy this show. Um, I enjoyed it for the most part. Like, uh, I don't know. I, the first two episodes are kind of hard to get into. Like, you're asking me to sit through two hours and then, like, you have this really shitty kid. And, like, there are ways to do shitty kids in a way that makes them interesting to watch. Uh, unfortunately, the way they did this specific shitty kid was this kid would just screech. And it's just like, oh, good, I'm watching the Babadook again. Hooray. <laughs> uh, so I guess basically we should set up a, a core premise here. Um, so RuPaul plays Robert, a.k.a. Ruby Red, uh, a drag queen who got grifted out of her life savings and now has to go on a cross-country tour to make ends meet. AJ, the titular young child, has a mom who is an addict and in and out of jail and uh, does tricks because prostitutes turn tricks um, to get her money for drugs. I'm a hooker. <laughs> I'm a whore. I Whores do tricks. do tricks Whores for do money. I'm glad you got that reference. Literally no one else got it. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, it... Some some jokes will remain inside jokes until we start doing our trauma movies podcast. Correct. AJ and uh, Bad Mother get evicted, and then Bad Mother is like in jail or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so AJ is just like alone for a month. Uh, runs away from foster care, and then. Uh, whenever, uh, Robert's going on this cross country tour, AJ sneaks into the RV to try to get to Texas to go to, uh, their grandfather's house. And I'm avoiding using gendered pronouns in reference to AJ because that is a plot beat where like you think it's, um, a young boy. It turns out that it's a girl who is trying to dress like a boy because, yes. um, you know, like boys aren't don't have to like appear weak or whatever. You know, this is a kid who got dealt like really shitty circumstances and is trying to be tough about it. I so. am glad they didn't ruin that surprise in the trailers. Like, I, yeah, I, I'm glad I thought it was a boy the entire time during the trailer, and then all of a sudden it's like, nope, girl. Oh, good. Actual surprise. So, like... Yeah. And, uh... 
I don't know. And then uh, whenever it gets revealed, she's like, well, I don't want to be a girl. So uh, Ruby's like, oh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a trans thing or whatever. So uh, in the, like a lot of the show and a lot of the expositions given through um, Robert's friendship with another drag queen, uh, Lewis, a.k.a. Coco Butter. Which the drag names in this, dear God. Um, Don't even get me started about Fanny Pack. <laughs> Fanny Pack is very good. Um, so, like, they're talking about this, and Robert's just like, well, you, you know, you got to respect people's gender identities. And Lewis is just like, Bitch, you just had all your shit stole. You don't have to respect anybody's anything. <laughs> and I fucking lost my mind. <laughs> I mean, Lewis is by far and away the best character of the show. He's so he's so good. Like he steals every single scene. But uh I don't know. Like there are like really great comedy beats in this. I, I think my favorite comedy beat, and like to go back to like the hot the hospital. Uh, before that, I said the most unrealistic part of this show is that uh, a, an iPhone in inner city New York uh, could lay on the street for three days and a crackhead wouldn't steal it just for a dramatic moment to happen during the, the, the show. See, I, I never could tell if like that was supposed to be like when the phone got ran over by a car. I don't like I couldn't tell if that was supposed to be happening in real time or if like they just decided to show it at that point to explain why like the mom hadn't tried to call the kid. Uh, like I said, like convenient storytelling. Sure. But I just found that I'm just like, there was no fucking way that's sitting on the street still. Get the fuck no, out of here. There's no way. There was no way. So yeah, this kind of becomes a, like each episode is them going to a different location where Ruby's doing a show. Um and they kind of build their relationship as they go. Uh they do a show, they get money, they move on to the next location. Um the guy who stole all Robert's shit, they start pursuing them. Yeah. Like at first to I don't even remember why they start pursuing him. I, I don't at, remember at why they started pursuing them, but like eventually it's like, oh, we have to kill him to get revenge cuz like he like exposed they, us. Yeah, cuz Robert tells the kid what happened and then the kid puts up on the internet like, "Hey, beware the gay grifter." And the the guy who did this is like, "No, I'm a, I'm a man, I'm a straight man. I'm very straight." And, you know, you can't say stuff like I didn't do anything to him. He did stuff to me. It's like, oh, OK, well, that makes it not gay then. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, <laughs> he he also wore a mesh shirt, so definitely not for gay. like three straight episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely um, not gay. Everybody. I mean, I'm not the authority on. No, you know, no, I'm, I'm an authority on mesh shirts. It's, but, uh, it's, it's definitely gay. Super gay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway the guy pursuing robert duh, has 
an accomplice in this grift. Yeah. Uh, her name is Lady Danger. She's a former Miss America contestant. She was Miss Hawaii. And she wears a fucking eye patch. And she and, has uh, the most luxurious head of hair you fuckfaces have ever seen. <laughs> and my life might suck a lot, but I don't have to wear a fucking eye patch, so... Also, you don't have to wear a Confederate eye patch to, uh, to, to yeah. They go to blend in. What was it, Kentucky? Yeah. So, or no, that was Tennessee because they were in Nashville. Uh, Little Rock, uh, which is Arkansas. Yeah, it was the Little Rock one because that's when they went to the RV park. Was Arkansas um, around for the like the Civil War? Yeah. Huh? I don't know. I know. I don't know anything about Arkansas, so that's just surprising to me. I don't know if it was a state at the time it might have been a territory but no no it's just funny she's an asian woman woman yeah. wearing a confederate flag well she's patch. not asian she's hawaiian but uh, she's polynesian or yeah. whatever you want to call that pacific islander there we go um and she's wearing a confederate eye patch yeah to try to blend in she just has a fucking confederate flag eye patch on i was like oh that's that's inconspicuous so like what was his name damien the the grifter Yes, um, the devil. So he's like the Darth Maul of the show, and this woman accomplice of his, Lady Danger, they call her, uh, is the she's the 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 Palpatine. Yeah. Like she yeah. she turns Ooh, out no. to be the real the real villain. So they call her Lady Danger because like she does Botox and shit and <laughs> like is, silicone injections. Is- she Ford. has many Damien's just floating in a tank on some planet. <laughs> That's very good. Um, so she does like Botox injections for drag queens and stuff, but like they call her Lady Danger because you never know if she's going to give you like actual Botox or just like a shot of motor oil to the face, which is horrifying. Yeah. But then like. <laughs> Later on in the show, her eye patch gets ripped off, and it's terrifying because it turns out she fucked up her own face with one of her like concoctions, like shitty beauty regimen, whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Don't inject crap into your face. I mean, of course. Uh, Dan, you talk. I've been gushing about this show. Well, yes. Um, I don't know. There's an episode with a wet t-shirt contest where RuPaul, uh, <laughs> Ruby Red, uh, joins in, and uh, that was an experience, mainly because I thought, you know, wet t-shirt contests were dead, because, you know, this, this, oh, no. this show it's, isn't uh, Princess it, Warrior. It, it's rural America, like a dive bar in rural America. Uh, wet t-shirt contests are very much a thing. Hey, hey sure. Uh... The, the, in that episode, there's a woman who uh, lost her boobs to breast cancer, and so like you think that they're gonna leave Ru- uh, Ruby Red's fake boobs behind for her. She's yeah. like, nah, I don't want them. And then like they leave them on the the husband's workbench in the garage after he fixed up their RV. Yeah, because like, he's the one that misses her boobs. Uh, that's the other thing is like this week I learned what a breast a breastplate was. Uh, which is fake boobs for drag queens to wear. And then I saw like 20 of them. That's like, uh, what the, whatever that effect is called. I can't remember what the fuck it's called right now, but 
Wow. That thing where you like you don't you aren't aware of something and then you're aware of it forever. I I did also consume like 20 hours of drag queen content this week, but mm. and then also there there in that episode the the boobs were used as floaties. So I had literally seen yeah. it all at that point. Uh, my life was complete. Yeah, they stayed at a motel, and AJ wanted to use the pool, but didn't know how to swim, and and uh, Robert wouldn't let her swim without having floaties, so she used the big fake boobs as pool floaties. All right, I forgot about my favorite joke of the of the whole the whole show. This is the best joke of the show. So. Uh, uh, Robert calls uh, his credit card company. He's trying to get through and being like, "Hey, look, my account was fraudulently done. I'm trying to pay you back. Stop hitting with hitting me with fees so I can fucking pay you back." And he's like, "Look, I'm a performer. I perform on stage for people." And the customer service representative goes, "Oh, you're a performer. Uh, let me put you on on the phone with somebody from our hardship department." <laughs> That's a very good joke. I just want to talk about some of the drag names. Sure. Fabergé Legs is a very strong, that's a very powerful drag name. That is that is a great one. There's Terry Tory. Terry Tory, because she's taken over the world. Um, Fanny Pack, obviously. Yeah, Fanny Pack. There are a lot of good ones. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we hit all the good ones. They weren't drag queens, but there were, uh, what was it? Pina and Colada were like the backup dancers. Yeah, that was, and Colada's now a, a, uh, a, a teacher. Yeah. In, imagine, uh, San Diego? imagine that your stage name is Pina and you're a performer in, uh, a gay stage show. I mean, you, you, you just, you just win. I, f- I feel like that's a very powerful energy um, to bring to that. But like we said, there's a lot of convenient things that happen in this show for him to not be arrested as uh, a man taking a young girl across state lines without parental permission or supervision. Um, but like the the relationship that forms between... Uh, AJ and Robert is like very sweet, and it's mm-hmm. I don't know, it's uh, it's emotionally gratifying to kind of watch that all unfold. They don't just rush into it; like it feels earned. And then uh, by the end of the show, like they kind of wrap everything up where like this could just be the end of it, but like there's plenty of material i guess if they want to do a second season of this so um i guess we'll see how well received this is and if they decide to do another season i don't know where they go i don't know because like the the villains aren't captured by the end of it you know what i mean sure like there's that but like but, it's AJ and the Queen. Like yeah. there's no way. Uh, like to me, it's all wrapped up. Like everything that needed to happen happened, with the exception of the villains being caught. And I really like that's just so ancillary. It doesn't fucking matter. So like I I, I don't. I see I'm, this being I'm perfectly a one done. comfortable with this being a single season, if that's what happens. And uh, 
honestly, if they do a second season, like I feel like that's kind of a risk because like, I don't know. I, like you said, I don't know. I don't know where they go from here. It's, it's like with Chambers. Chambers was fine enough for one season, but if they went on past that, I don't know where the fuck they would have gone because it doesn't it, like it's not. I, I don't feel like it's interesting then, because like the interesting part about it is already done, which was the mystery. And here in this show, the interesting part is their relationship. Now that AJ and uh, her mom are back together, m- maybe we'd like show them rediscovering their relationship. But like the whole relationship of her. AJ, her being AJ and then Robert is what is the central, you know, crux of this show. So not having that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Maybe a Lewis spinoff show. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> but actually, that would be very good. Fuck it. They're, they're both in New York. Have a fucking... Lewis spinoff show where he meets up with fucking Titus Andromedon and they go on adventures. Yeah, there we go. You you got it, Netflix. Because because you need to do a fucking Kimmy Schmidt spinoff show with Titus, please. Uh, so that's it. I don't know. I I don't know what else we can really say about it. Much like the the drag performance genre in general, like it's just fun and campy and you Mm -hmm. just kind of have to go with it and see where the experience takes you which i was able to do and i had a lot of fun along the way with this show uh so i will give it uh four whole stars uh this is a pretty strong recommend yeah it's a big old three it's okay I, the the big detractor is the length of the episodes. Uh, I feel like you could just cut significant amount of time from them, get the same thing that you got out of them, that uh, you already were getting out of them, and uh, the show would be much improved. But I think that this really highlights the, <laughs> the differences between you and me because, like, I feel like uh, a show with like mediocre story and performances like if it's well realized from a technical aspect you'll give it a higher score whereas i go more with like the the feeling that i get from it i guess oh no i was feeling bored like partway <laughs> through episodes like the middle sagged in every single episode i can't argue with you i guess i don't know i i didn't really feel the same but i i get it i do you better fucking get it and get you Whoa. Uh, so that's it. Um, I'm glad that there's a, a drag queen show on Netflix that isn't super drags because that show was uh, wildly problematic. All right. Uh, with that, we're going to cut into another break. And when we come back from that, we're going to talk about our patron review topic for the week. Blue is the warmest color. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald from Two Peas on the podcast, Nick and Justin from the Epic Film Guys podcast, Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast, the IMDb Journey podcast, Julio from the Contrarians podcast, Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears TV podcast, Nate Wade from the Everyone Has a Story podcast, Bill Sutton, James Delarosa, Ben Kiefer, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, 
find us at patreon.com slash Netflix and swill. In order to reach a wider audience, the show needs Apple podcast reviews. To leave us a review, follow the link in the show notes or search for the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and helping us grow. Our audience is at the heart of everything we do. You make the one-star movies worth it. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to get into our patron review segment for the week. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean, if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment. That's right. And who sent us this movie this time? This was Chris Yaney, and he gave us Blue is the Warmest Color. Uh, it's a French movie from 2013. It stars Leah Sado and a girl whose character name is her first name. So uh, I, I don't actually know what that means, but I found it interesting. What uh, what the fuck, Chris? <laughs> See, I got some feedback from Julio from The Contrarians today saying that both he and uh, Alex like this movie a lot. Uh, in fact, I think he said both of them have the, the Criterion collection of it. So, I mean, sure? Uh, eh, I mean, I, I get it. It's, it's like, it's artistic and it, it actually has things to say, but like, yes. I wish it would come out and say them. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. It's, um, you give a lot of shit to me for liking 2001 A Space Odyssey because like, the that movie's like very slow paced and deliberate and like you might even say plotting yes but like it's that way for a reason like this movie there's just like long shots of her walking down a hallway and like leaving a building and it's like i don't need this extra time to think about what she was feeling because, like, the scene before this perfectly summed that up for me. Yeah. Um, also, so, uh, this is a story about a, a girl in high school named Adele or Adelaide or however. Adele. There's, okay. The, the accents um, don't matter. A, a girl who has the worst table manners ever. Uh, she eats a lot of times in this movie, and it's disgusting every time. Ashley couldn't get over the fact that this girl couldn't close her mouth, like at all. Like when you see, her she has her there, mouth open in every scene. Yeah, so she's like, "Oh, it's a Kristen Stewart mouth breather." Good. <laughs> yeah, and then, then like she chews and talks with her mouth like wide open, and food like almost falling out of her mouth because she she's talking the whole time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So this is a like a movie about finding your sexuality and like uh figuring out who you are as a young person i guess but like so it's french i understand that like age of consent's different than it is in america and like yes. i understand that this actress is older than the character 
that she's portraying. This is still a Kiernan Shipka in Shilling Adventures of yes, Sabrina situation. This this is exactly the same revulsion that I had with Sabrina in that this is a 15-year-old girl and it's showing her, her titties and like showing her masturbate and have sex. So that was that was initially off-putting, but then I was like, okay. I gotta just at least like pretend to move on with this because like I have to watch the rest of the movie and not like try to hate it actively off of one thing. So like there's thematic things at least with sex. Like in in this movie, for what feels like I don't want to say the first time, but like when sex happens on screen, it's purposeful as opposed to seeming gratuitous. Now I say that there's a six minute long sex scene. And I know because I timed it from the start of it to the fin- the finish of it. But <laughs> to the climax, to, you might say. To, to the climax. Uh to where like it's six minutes on screen and like it, it, Ooh, it six like minutes, that's a new record. Th- it looks like they shot thirty. <laughs> like I it, it was during this scene where I'm like, Man, Chris, yeah. you just want us to watch porn, just fucking send us to you porn or something. Like well, I, I don't Well that's know. the thing though, it's not like it's not pornographic, but it's very explicit. Oh yes, this is girls like grabbing each other. Uh, you know, like how they would have sex. Uh, they scissor at one point, which uh, Ashley constantly yelled, "This isn't how this works." Uh, to which I said, "How how do you know?" <laughs> uh, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Uh, but like it, it's purposeful in, in like a thematic point of view because like we see her have sex with a, a boy from class who she seemingly likes, and like there's no connection between them, and like it's over relatively quickly, uh, in terms of screen time. Then you watch this six minute sex scene, which feels like an, an hour and a half, and like it's that way because she's actually enjoying herself, like she's enjoying the the experience she ha- she's having. So like from that yeah. aspect. I get why the scene is six minutes, but it also feels like you had a 30 second sex scene before you could just have a two minute sex scene instead where it's not as over the top and like almost cartoonish and you could still get the same point across. There's a good reason this is rated NC-17. I saw NC-17 and was like, oh my goodness, here we go. And the only reason that it's rated that way is for like explicit sexuality like that was the only thing that came up yeah so which like there's alcohol use and stuff in it too but i guess it wasn't gratuitous enough for them to care yeah no like, or like maybe no one was obliterated yeah or like maybe i guess like if you get the nc-17 rating it doesn't matter what else is in it it's just gratuitous so like they're porn. like oh it's just yeah just gratuitous Sex and so it's NC seventeen. Doesn't matter if like there's also people shooting up and like uh, stabbing a bear to death in the background while that's happening because the sex is bad and it's a real bear and not yeah. even like oh it's a it's a fake bear but no it's a it's a real bear. Uh, <laughs> so like uh, I want to move past the sex because like but that is like the most notable part of this movie is that like we have like these extraordinarily long sex scene takes which like okay that's the direction you wanted to go in okay I understand I liked a couple aspects specifically like every one of the first acts like there's this is actually basically like a six act structure there's you know there's six 30 minute acts and the first act 
the first three acts are actually highlighted by a story that they're covering in class and what the message of that story is or what like what the message that the professor is trying to uh to lay on them of the story and so like the the rest of that act up until the next story gets told uh is all about that it's like the first act is uh how um Adele tries a heterosexual relationship and realizes something's missing and that's the point of the first story it's like what what in your heart is missing and you know something was missing in her heart when when she was doing that then uh she becomes more adventurous you know going out late at night going to a gay bar uh t- that's what that story was about and then like uh the third the third story is about how uh you know Adele's having trouble paying attention and not really grasping what the professor's trying to say because you know she doesn't she wants to just learn on her own which is the correct way to do it uh, professors if you if you tell anybody what something is about uh, and say, oh, you're wrong when they come up with something different than yours. You're a bad professor and you should die. Uh, right. Uh, but, like, she's having trouble following along. And that's, be, like, her signaling, like, okay, she's going to go outside the norm of a heteronormative relationship and move towards homosexuality. Which, like, those are all good things. That reminds me of, uh, I can't remember what author it was, but they were, like, giving a, a talk about a book that they did and they had like a Q&A segment and like some some person in the audience like gave their interpretation of it and like how it affected their life and the author was just like well you know like that's that's not what it's about at all like that like none of that meaning is is in the thing that I wrote and her response to him was like well just because you created it doesn't mean you know anything about it you know because like Hmm. I don't know. It's uh the only the only real experience is like the experience that we pulled out of something yes. or or put into it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I I like La La Land's La La Land for like different reasons than anybody else does or like most people do. Like people just see like oh, throw back to old Hollywood and I'm like this helped me understand and contextualize the breakup and help me move forward with my life. That's why I love that movie. I I don't give a shit about old Hollywood. Old old Hollywood could like fuck off and die for all I care. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't like. I'm not that romantic about old Hollywood. Um, there were some good movies. Most of them were very bad by uh, modern standards. Um. So like, for the first hour, because Ashley uh, eventually tapped out of this movie because uh, she had better hey, things to do. So did I. Uh, she actually was working on Rabbit Ears stuff, so uh, Rabbit Ears officially coming back, uh, unknown date, but uh, soon. We're recording soon for uh, Death Note. But uh, we pointed out every time there was blue on screen, and like thematically where blue winds up is like where Adele is most comfortable. So like during the first three acts of the movie, and, and like I'm spoiling this movie, I don't get, really give a shit, like Caleb didn't even finish the whole thing but like uh i just got really bored i mean that's fair uh i, I had to power and like it a i lot too but i i really i really couldn't get past like it, it's it's a lot for a filmmaker to ask me to watch a minor having sex sure like i'm not comfortable with that yeah no i understand but like um I can't remember what her name is, but her, her actress name is Leah Sado. So Leah Sado has this blue hair, and that's kind of, like, representing, like, oh, this is where Adele will be most comfortable. And then, like, 
there's a scene like in the second half of the movie, uh, Leah Sado doesn't have blue hair anymore. And eventually they break up and like they have this conversation in a coffee shop and there's this blue wall behind Leah Sado. So it's like representing like, okay, like, like there's a lot of themes with the color blue and like how it's used and like what it's supposed to represent in, in terms of mm-hmm. like how this girl's life is, is being lived at the current state of time. So like, that's all good. But the problem with the movie is that it's three hours. Uh, you could trim off about 10 minutes off of every single act. And then if you do that, really like you, you're able to like stay with it longer. Like, it just feels like it's one of those movies where the director was like, I can't, I don't feel like really editing anything out of this unless like it's a gratuitous sex scene, in which case I have to edit parts yeah. of it out. Otherwise I will get like X and X rating. And then I won't be able yeah. to show this in theaters. So he edits that down. And then the rest of it is just like what he wants it to be. There is a point where <laughs> no pun intended, but like it just becomes masturbatory to have like that much extra stuff in it that doesn't need to be there. Like the way I describe this is like, it feels like just living your normal life. Like it doesn't feel like a movie. Like a lot of it is just empty, forgettable space. Just like your real life. Yes. Like sometimes you're just sitting with nothing to do. And then like the actual interesting part of your day is like maybe 20 or 30 minutes total. And that's what this in that's what this movie is. And like that's interesting, but the problem with that is like I I like this needs to be the interesting part of my day, really. Yeah. Because like I I've already lived a boring day. It has to be a movie still. Like it still has to be entertaining and following a narrative. Cause that's 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 the medium that they chose to work with. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. No, no, it, I, it, I get that. Like, you can't fucking take the entire uh, tub tub of clay out of the container and say, here, I made this sculpture. Look at it. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, The other thing with this movie is, like, eventually time passes without any kind of real reference. Like, the best way that we know Adele has aged is that she now wears hoop earrings. Like, I'm not even joking. That's like legitimately, <laughs> I figured out she was older because like, well, one, she was working, but two, she was also wearing hoop earrings. So like, I, there's no real reference for like how time passes. It's just like, okay, they're in this relationship. And then all of a sudden it's like five years have gone by. And like now they're like she Adele's working as a teacher and uh Leah Sado is doing artistry stuff. And like it's La La Land E because if you remember the breakup scene between Mia and Seb, uh she like L- Leah Sado's character wants her to like follow her dreams of writing, but Adele's just like, I don't I don't wanna write. I just wanna fucking, you know, uh teach. I like teaching. Teaching yeah. is fine. And then eventually like because she won't follow her dreams, uh, Leah Sado stops paying attention to her so much. So Adele goes and sleeps with her, uh, like someone in the, from like the teaching staff, and then like they break up, and then it's all about Adele being like, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know what the last hour is. It's just like her being sad. 
And then like, there's no real resolution to that. <laughs> and like, I, on a personal level, I get, I get like that feeling of despair always being around you because like you, you've lived in it for so long. You feel like you'll never get out. And then like the guy she talked to at the party, uh, in, at the beginning of the fourth act, uh, like is trying to chase after her, but goes in the wrong fucking direction, which is kind of hysterical. Cause it's just like, yep, this is how shit happens when, like when it rains, it fucking pours like here, here it is. So like, I I don't know. I I like a lot of aspects of this. This is going to be basically an Irishman score for me. I like aspects of this. I don't like that it doesn't respect my time. Like I can have like actual film discussion about this movie, but I will also hate it because I spent forever watching this and never really got anything like concrete out of it. Yeah, and I really I don't know. I saw that hurtling towards me and i i decided to sidestep it so yeah so uh sorry chris i don't know if you actually like this movie or not uh i would assume you do but uh let me know let let me know because uh actually when we uh when i read some comments off our Podbean, i uh originally attributed them to scott lavar turns out it was chris the whole time chris has like a thousand different like handles and shit so like I didn't know it was him. It's really what it comes down to. Chris, just get one. Like, I have Dan of Action everywhere. <laughs> and Dan of Action is like, if, I, if it says Dan of Action, it's me. Unless it's on Twitter now because I'm Netflix and Swell because uh, I have no identity other than this show. But, yeah. So don't confuse uh-huh. me, Chris. But, uh, so yeah, let, let us know. Let us know if this is a, a, a favorite of yours, if you just wanted us to suffer, or if you, uh, something in between. <laughs> good enough oh uh three stars by the way like i said irishman review three stars yeah i'm not even gonna give it a a formal rating because yeah i just i don't know first of all it's not fair for me to not experience the entire piece and then you know tell you how you should feel about it but eh, i don't know it's just it just wasn't my thing, so this was a miss for me. I think French cinema overall is hit and miss in general, so all right, well, uh, next week on the show, it's time for another dick pick, Caleb, so uh while you look up a random word and uh whatever it comes up with on Netflix, I've already done so because my internet is a giant piece of garbage right now, and uh, I needed to get it out of the way. so uh my word was pan, and that brought me to the movie Panic Room. A woman and her daughter are caught in a game of cat and mouse with burglars in their New York City home and are forced to retreat inside a vault. Stars Jodie Foster, Forrest Whitaker, and Dwight Yoakam. Sigh. (laughs) God. Uh, well... (laughs) My word was rotation, uh, so... I'm going to submit the first episode of Spinning Out. Oh, that uh, that uh, ice skating thing. Yeah, they're promoting that. They uh, they put something on their Instagram with like a Q and A with like the the star, like the female star of that show. So they're trying. Yeah, just uh, just one episode. I'm not committing to watching ten episodes of that. How long are the episodes? Are they an hour? Eh, 50-ish minutes, yeah. Okay. There's t- Why are they going back to this? 
10 episodes about an hour know. piece? Like, come on. I don't understand. I don't understand them sometimes. Actually, most of the time, I don't understand them. So, all right, uh, vote for the thing. Sure, it'll be up uh, shortly. Uh, you guys will figure out when we recorded the segment, uh, when, whenever that goes up. Uh, what else are we right. doing next week, Caleb? Uh, next week, we're going to review Giri Haji, which is that uh, Japanese-slash-British uh, cop drama show. Sure is. The trailer looked real good. So It's out now, so uh, fortunately... We get to watch this kind of at our own pace, uh, you know, maybe maybe a couple eppies a night, and then, uh, yeah. yeah. Or I might forget to do it and then try to crush it all next weekend. Oh, no. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, no. I, I was getting worried for a second, because I saw hour-long episodes. There's only eight. Yeah. No, I, uh, I'll start that tomorrow, I guess. I will also start it tomorrow. Unless I go see 1970, Hooray. in which case uh, I will not start it tomorrow. All right. Well, until next week, where can the people find us, Dan? Netflixandswill.com has relevant links to our social media, other plot podcast platforms, if you don't like the one you're listening to this episode on right now, uh, and uh, our Patreon page, where uh, we posted the worst of 2019 last week. Uh, also coming up later this month, uh, Two Graves, uh, Revenge of the Forgotten Dick Pick review, and uh, I start forcing Ashley to watch the Star Wars. <laughs> uh and i think as soon as i tell bill to to do it because i talked to him about it uh we're we're officially starting uh what i am currently calling caleb and bill and jack and jill which is uh a, a yearly podcast where we review the adam sandler movie jack and jill <laughs> Uh, we're going to review it once a year, every year, until we're dead. So, one year. You're going you're gonna to watch it this year, and you're going to be like, wow, this is awful, and both just blow your brains so, out. So, this was my idea for this year, because we'll only ever have one opportunity to do this. Uh, we're going to review what we think the movie is going to be about without watching it. Mm. So, based on, like who Adam Sandler is and like watching the trailer and like uh, making conjecture about what we think the plot of the movie is going to be. Um, we're, we're going to write up like w w our own synopsis of it and review that. So that's the first year for, for this stupid thing that we're doing. Oh, so this is just so you can delay the inevitable suicide. Yeah. I've got one more year in me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, Patreon, uh, just just supporting us at a dollar level is uh, enough to get you access to all content. So that will include uh, Worst of 2019, Two Graves, Star Wars, and uh, uh, Bill and Caleb's Suicide Corner. <laughs> suicide Squad. You guys are the new Suicide Squad. All right. Well, uh, it's going to be a, a big old exciting month ahead of us, I guess. So sure uh, until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday.
Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.